the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We continue with our look at candidates uh, facing uh, primaries in the August election, and we turn now to the uh, Genesee County Drain Commission and uh, challenging the incumbent for that seat is uh, somebody who's been on the show before and he joins me now by phone Travis Wines. Travis welcome back to the show. Hey Tom how you doing today? I'm doing okay all things considered. Um, That's good to hear. It's it's not a trip to the beach but I'm managing. Hey, as long as you're getting by, man, that's all we can do anymore. That's right. Um, you know, I mentioned you've been on the show before, and you've run for some things before, but this is a very different time to be running a uh, a campaign for anything, a county office or a state office, even a national office for that matter. Um, how is it different for you trying to campaign for this seat? Oh, it's it's a whole other world, you know. You know, last time you're able to go out, you meet people, you can shake some hands, go up and talk to people. You now you go up to somebody's door, it's hesitant. You got to wear the mask, and it's harder to get to more doors, with especially with the heat right now, wearing that mask and just getting around. It, it makes a lot of things more difficult, but it also has its benefits. You know, with social media, more people are on there and active, so. It helps in that aspect. So you, you kind of got to learn to balance it. So you're finding Find some workarounds it. for it. Do you think more people will participate because of uh, the the new law in Michigan, the no reason uh, absentee ballot voting and voting by oh. mail? Oh, without a doubt. I, th- I think they said they had a report. Flint alone was um, nearing the record for most requests for absentee ballots and in a primary, that's huge, you know, because usually you don't see a lot of voter turnout in the primary. So, well, I was—I've been talking with people about this and uh, reminding them of—we uh, had an election in May, and some some communities opted out and, and put off their ballot proposals or whatever until August to wait and see what happened, and it was an all vote by mail uh, election in May, and. Um, 
the Secretary of State said something like 26% participation, which is huge for a May election yeah. like that. I mean, usually you see single digits. Yeah, and I was looking at those numbers, too. That that was a really big turnout for the May election. And, and that's that's the thing, because like, more people are at home, and it also gives them a chance if they're getting those absentee ballots. Now they can sit there and look up the candidates and decide who they want to pick before they pick so they can make an even more informed decision. So it, it brings to light more, your, your social media and your online presence has to be even larger just so they can find any information they're looking for on you. That, that's something you got to be able to use those workarounds and, you know, evolve the campaign from the old strategy standpoints. Well, and it's made a little tougher because uh, traditional media is, uh, between the uh, pandemic and the, and the protests, it's, um, you know, almost all coronavirus all the time. Right, yeah, and, and that's what we're seeing a lot of, and that's that's an issue that's, super important right now so i people definitely want to stay on top of that and want to know what's happening with that and you you haven't seen as much political because you know by now usually you'll have your candidate profiles of all the candidates on the ballot you'll see those coming out in the newspapers and i think i've had maybe two newspapers contact me whereas in the last election i had maybe 10 at this point right well that's what i'm that's what i'm getting at is i think that it's, it's a bit of a problem for people in your position that are running a campaign and trying to get your name out there, but also for people voting. And, and how, do they, uh, how do they get to know candidates like yourself? Um, you know, that's, that's something that, uh, you know, maybe is um, another <laughs> victim of uh, the COVID, I guess. Um, but uh, let's talk about this uh, this particular campaign in this particular race, um, Travis. Why do you want to be drain commissioner? It doesn't sound uh, it doesn't it doesn't sound exciting to most people. Yeah, and and the thing is, most people don't really even know what a drain commissioner is, and I don't blame them because before I got into this field, I didn't even know what a drain commissioner was. Never even <laughs> heard of it. You know, it's, it's just not something that's out there big you know because they don't deal with policy they don't deal with you know as far as like pro-life and all that setting those policies you know those big major policies those hot button issues so most people don't even think nothing of it but then when you start to think of it though you realize you know it's an important issue especially in this area i mean more than probably anywhere in the world at this point just because of the flint water crisis water is a huge issue and a huge topic for people and so for me, you know, I got into this field, and the reason I got into this field was because we lived in Flint when uh, the water crisis happened. I had just moved back from the Navy, and, you know, my kids drank the lead water. Now I got one kid that's been in the Flint study with uh, MSU and seeing the long-term effects that that water had. So it was such an important issue. I wanted to get involved somehow, so I started working in the field, and you know, learning about it. I didn't want to just start challenging people and challenging their opinions when I didn't know what I was talking about. So I wanted to have an understanding. And now I'm at a point where I just want to, I just want to give it a shot, you know, take a look and see, you know, if I can win it and get in there and make some changes some just some differences. What, what kinds of changes, uh, Travis, anything, uh, specific that you have in mind? Um, as far as specifics go, some things that I want to look at 
um, putting in place would be more of a community involvement with like I, I want to set up a program where all residents in Genesee County can uh, go online or call a number and submit um, any problems they may have with any drainage systems or anything in their neighborhood. You know, because a lot of people recognize that stuff first before the county is able to realize it's happening. So once that happens, the residents will have a chance to, they can track the status of what's going on with this, see if it's actually being repaired. And, you know, it helps ease a lot of residents' concerns when they see that something's being done about whatever their problem may be. Do you think that the office is is uh, not transparent enough? I, I, the only the only office that's really similar in some ways would be uh, the road commission, and yeah, they seem to be um, pretty good about responding to, you know, people find potholes and report them, and they try and get people out there to fill them, patch them, you know, I it's never fast enough it's never good enough but that's you know a whole different subject by and large they're pretty accessible do you think the drain commission uh, is as accessible or and if not should it be um well my thoughts honestly and uh usually you won't hear a candidate come out and say something like this you know especially when it comes to their opponent but my thoughts are I think Jeff Wright, he's done a pretty good job as far as uh, accessibility. I'm not going to lie to try and gain points. He's been pretty good, been pretty out there, and I, I haven't had anything negative to say about him on a personal standpoint. You know, all my, uh, all my differences with him have come from just a political opinion as far as that goes. You know, just difference in the way of running the office. But as far as uh, transparency and whatnot, I, I think he's been pretty decent. He's been pretty successful. You know, he's done town halls. He's met with residents, talked to them about their concerns. So I, I do give them an A on that issue, but I, I just want to take it a step further. So, you know, with the new age and the new generations coming up, I give them the opportunity to, you know, hop right on their phone, report the issue and track the issue and see exactly what's going on with the issue. You know, just basically taking it a step further than where it's at now. Do you think Jeff's been there too long? Uh, I, I think just, and, and this isn't particularly towards, Jeff Wright. This is just, I think there should be a limit on how long somebody stays in a certain office for, you know, just you get in too long, you get too comfortable and uh, things, you know, I, I just like seeing change. I like seeing progress and differences. So uh, yeah, I guess I would say, yeah, I think he's been there too long, but again, nothing in particular towards him. Just anybody that's in office for 20 years in one seat just kind of adds up, you know. Yeah, wasn't it uh, Mark Twain that said um, politicians and babies should be changed often and for the same reasons? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I've heard that one this myself, too. I, I can never resist a Mark Twain line. Um, and <laughs> and thanks, thanks for teeing that up for me. But um, let, me, uh, let me do this. Um, now that... Uh, campaigning and um i was gonna say and voting voting's being done by direct mail and i suppose campaigning is to a certain degree but a lot of campaigning is being done online is there some place where people can find out more about you and your uh, campaign do, do you have a website this time around yep we have a website it's just uh traviswines.com and then um we have our facebook which is 
Travis Wines 2020. That's on Facebook. Um, and you can also just search Travis Wines for Genesee County Drain Commissioner. So those are two very great ways to find us and, you know, stay up to date on the campaign. And if you go to the website, it'll have a link right to the Facebook page as well. Okay. And and uh, as far as uh, keeping up with the campaign, are you doing... Um you're not really able to do any events, um, and that includes fundraisers. Um, are, are you able to raise money and, and uh, um, um, run the campaign? We had, well, what we because it, it was tough to raise money, you know, but we, we kind of went into this with the approach of we're going to have to spend a lot of our own money on this, and uh, it's going to be a budget campaign. Every dollar is basically going to have to be looked at where it goes, and keep it important and also when the covid was um really starting to heat up when it back in like march to april time frame I, I let everybody know that was uh supporters on social media that at that time i would rather them direct their um donations to maybe like a local food bank or somebody who really needed it at that time so we, we've kind of laid back on the fundraising we've kind of just been like i said using what money we have on reserve and keeping it a very very tight ship as far as what we're spending on and um in the we've got about oh maybe two minutes left and uh i, I want to give you an opportunity to to really just share anything you'd like to like to share in the next minute or so okay yeah that would be great um my whole big primary reason behind this is i just want to see I just want to see some changes in our local offices, not just drain commissioner. I, I just want to see everybody take the time to look and see what's on the ballot, find out who's going to be challenging who, because a lot of people wait until the general election to show up. Now, if you don't show up in the primary, you're getting a lot of the same old people that have always been on the ballot that are just challenging each other in the general election. So the primary is where you really get a chance to see a lot of, a lot more fresh faces, a lot more new candidates that are, you know, trying to take a shot to make some changes in a different direction. So I, I just want to let everybody know that. Well, Travis, it's it's always a, a pleasure talking with you, and I, I wish you the best of luck um, in, in the campaign. It uh, it gets wrapped up in August for this one, doesn't it? There, I don't think, is there a Republican yeah. running? Nope, nope, there's no Republican challenger. So, yeah, whoever wins August 4th will uh, basically essentially be the winner at that point i mean a writing candidate i guess could challenge it but i obviously the odds of that are slim to none but well unless mayor duggan wants to come up here and be drain commission i wouldn't <laughs> worry about that too much travis <laughs> thanks so much and uh, best of luck to you as always all right thank you tom have a blessed day all right take care that was travis wines he's uh, challenging incumbent jeff wright in the uh, upcoming uh, democratic primary here in august for genesee county drain commissioner and we'll hear from the drain commissioner jeff wright himself uh, coming up after we take a short break if you're listening to us on wfov 92.1 fm our voices radio in flint they are a broadcast service of the flint odyssey house spectacle productions and my friend paul herring uh, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. And if you're uh, streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We will be right back. 
Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. I was telling you a little while ago about my wife, and I don't want you to be confused, but we were, I've been married more, more than once. In fact, I've been married three, three times. But my first two wives each died a very tra- tragic death. My first wife died from eating po- poisoned mushrooms. And my second wife died from a fra- fractured skull. She wouldn't eat her mushroom. How do you do, ladies? 
ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsi than flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. I guess this segment is uh, Genesee County's Drain Commissioner, commissioner who is running for re-election in the August primary. His name is Jeff Wright. He's been on the show many times, uh, and he joins me now by phone. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. Thanks to you and your listeners. It's been a while. It has been a while, and and things are a little different now because we're doing it by phone, and usually you and I get together in person to to have our chats. But uh, um, you've run for office a whole bunch of times. It's different this time, isn't it? As far as what? Campaigning. Oh, the the actual practice of campaigning? Yeah, running for Absolutely. office during uh, a, a pandemic. Absolutely. It's a, it's a different you process. Know, typically, typically, you'd be out to the township halls, the union halls, visiting nonprofits, visiting neighborhood groups. Uh, that's how they've been in the, in the past, because we've always ran a grassroots campaign. So it's, it is a little different than it has been in the past. Absolutely. In the process of campaigning, did you do a lot of door knocking, or um, and, and is are you missing that now, or have you always uh, been able to reach people other ways? Well, from day first, the first time I ran and lost in '98, we did a lot of door knocking. Of course, there was all the 14 different parades, and as I'd mentioned earlier, all the different organizations you can go to. I liked the door knocking. It got a little different sometimes if there was, you know, not so friendly dog on the front porch. <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't mind that, and I didn't mind the parades too much or going to the different halls. It really puts you in a position to be with the people one-on-one, and that's probably the biggest change from historically to what we're trying to run today or anybody's trying to run today you don't get that face-to-face contact where people can ask you questions you can answer those questions and have a real good dialogue about it you know i I, as many times as we've talked about it jeff i still don't think a lot of people completely understand what the drain commission uh is and and what the drain commissioner does what kinds of questions do people even think to ask well the first one that usually comes out of anybody's uh mouth is how come my water rates are going up <laughs> <laughs> that's the typically the first question and this has been a good year to go around because we haven't raised water rates for four years straight now since we've been on our own system the the carignandi and since we built our own water treatment plant We've not had to raise rates for four years. And if things are managed properly over the next few years, I think that can be stretched to another four years. So our goal at this point is to go eight years minimum without a rate increase on the water. Well, and We've that's... already did that on the sewer, and uh, that's another thing the drain commissioner's in charge of is a lot of the sewer sewer treatment systems around the county. 
we've been able to make improvements to all those facilities and not raise rates for the last eight years. So we want to try to match that with the water. That might be a little more difficult this year and the coming few years because the EPA and the EGLE, the formerly the Department of Environmental Quality at the state level, they're changing a lot of the permit requirements for wastewater treatment plants, not drinking water plants, but wastewater plants. And if they're not careful for a community like ours, for instance, if they implement all these unfunded mandates, we're looking at some $200 million in changes to our wastewater treatment plants. That's not just us. That's across the whole state of Michigan. So literally billions of dollars. Some of their ideas and thoughts have merit. Um, Some of them are, um, as far as I'm concerned, somebody else's responsibility and not the drain commissioner's. And you mentioned uh, Karagnandi, and, of course, you were uh, a a big proponent of – drawing water, uh, untreated water, directly from Lake Huron through the Karanandi uh, pipeline, and and you really kind of shepherded that project. And that was one of the things that you said early on when people said, is that going to make our, our rates go down? And you said, they won't go down, but they won't go up as fast. That's correct. That's absolutely right, Tom. We said we'd stabilize the rates. And we, I can guarantee we'll never have double-digit rate increases. Our structures just too, are much more efficient than the old structure that we used to get our water from. And that's, that's why I'm kind of proud of the fact not only did we not have the double-digit rate increases, but we haven't had, as I said, any rate increases for four years. The only thing that could change that possibly is if consumers' power um, really starts changing the way they charge for electricity. That's our biggest cost at our water treatment plant is energy. Our labor costs are minimal because we run the whole operation with 20 people. We have a new facility, so it doesn't require um, expensive capital maintenance and, and improvements. Um, so are really the only thing that's out of our control is the electrical costs and if they don't skyrocket, we're very comfortable to be able to stretch this no-increase policy for several more years. Now, you, you also serve as the CEO for Kiranandi. Um, is that something that comes with being uh, the drain commissioner, or is that a completely separate thing? Well, <clears throat> it's a separate thing, and it's appointed by a board of directors, that is made up of representatives from the city of Flint, Genesee County, city of Lapeer, Sanilac County, and Lapeer County. All together, there's 15 members on this board of directors, and they um, decide not only who their leadership will be as far as president, vice president, etc., Sure. but they also choose the um, leadership for the KWA CEO, treasurer, um, deputy CEO, and all those are non-paying positions, by the way. Um, if if for some reason you stopped being the drain commissioner, 
Would that have any impact on your position as CEO of the uh, of Karanandi? Well, um, not immediately. There's an election cycle, like there is with any uh, elected office, and the election cycle ends this year. So um, the board would meet. They could put me back on, or they could pick someone else. Um, but but it it one doesn't. Um, they're not connected in that way where the fact that you're drain commissioner influences That's their correct. decision. That is absolutely correct, Tom. It's totally separate, two different jurisdictions, um, and drain commissioner is elected by the people of the county in Flint. The uh, director or CEO is chose by that board of directors from all those different communities. You've been an elected official for uh, quite a while now, Jeff, and I'm wondering how you feel about the way things are changing with regard to how people vote and and this uh, new Michigan law allowing uh, what they call early voting in other states, but I think they're calling it uh, no reason absentee voting here. Um, Do you think that that's going to actually encourage more people to participate? Well, you would think so. Your first uh, comment, too, I've been drain commissioner for 20 years, actually. And uh, I worked at the drain commissioner's office for 23 years before that, starting as a laborer, and held most of the positions up until I ran for election, as I said, lost the first time. And I've won the last few. Um as far as the absentees and, and those types of things, if they're monitored properly and um, the people take it seriously as they should, I do believe that it will encourage more people to vote. Uh, we actually saw uh, in May that was supposed to be an all by mail vote they ended up opening a few precincts around the state and there were just a handful of uh, communities in in various counties around the state that actually held elections in may but they saw a rise uh, in in participation from what is typically a single digit turnout to something like 26% driven by the absentees yeah yeah, I believe that. It, well, it was all mail-in. And and I guess that makes me wonder now, it, it won't have as big an impact on you um, in in November um, because there's, there's no Republican running this time. There's no Republican primary for uh, the drain commissioner position and no one moving on to the, uh, to the general. Um, but do you think we'll I'm be... Gonna miss Do- I'm going to miss Dr. Bob. He's ran against me every time <laughs> I've ran before. <laughs> so not having a Republican primary is nice, but it's going to be different. Um, but do you think we'll be looking at the same things in November, a lot more mail-in voting than people actually going to the polls? Well, I think they've pretty much set that up, haven't they? I mean, the state has... I, I'll be straight up with you. I, I don't follow everything the clerk and the secretary of state does 
as far as continuing to change the rules and regs because it is kind of a moving target. As you said, initially it was all going to be mail-in, and then it got pulled back to partial, and who knows what it might be by November. Yeah, and and that's why I can't I can't really tell, and so I've been asking anybody that might have an ear to the wall <laughs> that that um, you know might you know have some some insights because it it looks like they're preparing for it to be more of a mail in uh, election both in August and November. But it's almost as if it's sort of a contingency because they don't know what the conditions are going to be. Yeah, they, I know they've sent out re, um, absentee ballot requests to everyone. And I would think that they will monitor that to see if people that normally vote at the polls actually request those absentee ballots. And if they don't, get a large request from people that would normally go to the polls, they may feel obligated to keep those polls open. Well, for the last uh, the last few years, Jeff, and as many times as we've uh, talked about Karanandi, it seemed like Karanandi was uh, uh, sort of your, your full-time job and endeavor to make sure that that thing got done and and that genesee county got connected up to it and and uh, to make sure that all the bugs in the system were worked out ahead of time and and uh, make sure that we were getting good safe uh, affordable water um now that the thing is up and running and things seem to be going pretty smoothly or or at least as planned uh do you get to just sit back put your feet up on the desk now yeah, well, not quite, <laughs> and I'll talk about that in a moment, because, again, back to the EPA and the, the Eagle, um, but the Karagnandi, KWA, I've got to credit the 2,100 people that worked on it totally, and particularly my office folks that did the day-to-day, whether it was the engineering or the financing or the inspections, etc. It was quite a, quite a group of men and women that did an excellent job. They brought the project in on time and under budget by almost $9 million. And yes, there's been bugs and nothing of any magnitude. And we've got those worked out. Things are going well with KWA, but that doesn't mean there aren't other issues. And particularly, as I mentioned earlier, the EPA in the state wants us, for instance, to start treating for PFAS, which is a good thing to want to do. But from my perspective, the the government allowing for PFAS to be still distributed to people's homes and businesses is where the problem starts. And when we treat our drinking water, there is zero PFAS, zero PFAS in our drinking water. But by the time it goes through everybody's homes and businesses where they use products that have PFAS in it, we end up with PFAS at our wastewater treatment plants. All of us do, not just Genesee County, but the whole state. So now the state and the feds want us to clean it up at the end and then charge the people for that. And to me, this is the next big challenge. I've already got an administrative 
hearing coming up because we all know PFAS is not a good product, but yet we allowed it to be used in all these different processes that we put into people's homes and then want us to pay for cleaning it up. The reality is they should either get rid of it at the manufacturing process, period, so it doesn't come into our homes and we don't have to treat it, or they should charge the businesses a surcharge that use that PFAS to pay for all of these millions of dollars of improvements that we've got to make at our wastewater treatment plants to clean it out. So that's that's my next big challenge is to try to not make the pay, people pay for something that others create. And uh, those are the two options we have, either have a campaign to try to stop the use of PFAS and most of its in imported products that come to our country, or have the people that are selling it and making a profit off of it pay for the improvements to those plants to properly treat it. Do you have any sense for if there's an, another big thing coming down the down the pipe? <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, we we've this talked is, we've talked about this thing is a big one. There's there is another one, chloride, that they use on roads and use in water softeners. They're working towards having the drain commissioners actually treat rainwater runoff because of the salt that they put on roads. Well, why should the people have to pay for that? I understand it makes the roads safe and those kinds of things. But there are alternative products, number one. And number two, the salt mines that we get all this salt from, if they added five to six cents a ton for every ton that they sell, they'd generate millions of dollars where they could, again, pay for these improvements that the EPA and the state wants us, the locals, to pay for. So that, that's probably my and many communities' next big challenge is all of these unfunded mandates to improve, whether it's water quality or, in this case, sanitary sewer treatment, at the locals' expense. And I just believe there, if, if it needs to be done, then the people that are creating the problem or the companies that are creating the problem should be footing the bill for that and not us. I think those are the next big fights, not just on those two issues that I mentioned, but I think we'll be hearing about a lot more. How, how likely is that, that, uh, you know, people, that, uh, the companies that use PFAS in their products, whether it's uh, fire suppression foam or nonstick cooking pans? Um, or cosmetics. Yeah, how, how likely it is, is it that, that they will take that responsibility it's the only way they're going to take that responsibility is if washington and our state regulators say if you want to sell this product in our country or in our state this is what you have to do you either have to clean it up or pay us so we can clean it up and the next big thing is is chloride yep salt <laughs> 
Well, I guess one way or the other. That's actually moving faster than the PFAS. I got to give Gary Peters some credit, Uh, Senator Peters. He he's the only legislator in uh, Washington that has actually come up with some. In my opinion, doesn't go far enough yet, but hopefully it will. But he's come up with some PFAS regulations that should help. Um, move it in the direction of either stop using it or you're going to pay a surcharge. So I give him credit for that, absolutely. Interesting. Um, Jeff, as you know, I always uh, try to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more. Are you doing much online for uh, for your re-election campaign? Well, you know... <clears throat> I'm a, <clears throat> I hate to admit this, I'm not as digitally challenged as I used to be. And I have some very smart children and grandchildren who know how to do all this. By the way, on the water for a moment, although we haven't seen rate increases for four years and possibly longer, our children, our grandchildren are really going to be the beneficiaries of the KWA and our water treatment plant, they will have the lowest water rates in the state of Michigan, period. When the debt service is paid off on this, 75% of the water bill can be cut immediately. I just wish that uh, we could put that in a time capsule because it's going to take about 21 more years to get there. (laughs) I mean, every year there's going to be a savings from what we would have been paying. As a matter of fact, the system that we left has raised rates 12% aggregate just in the last three years. So we'd have been paying 12% more than we are today. 12% may not sound like a lot, but when your bill was $15 million, 12% of $15 million is a couple mil. And um, that goes up quickly. That would have had to go into people's bill. What's a good but, uh, What's a good Go way for I'm people sorry. to find out more about you and and, uh, and your reelection campaign? Well, my numbers in the book they can call me. I don't know too many people left in this county anymore that doesn't have my cell phone number because <laughs> I've had it since 1998. Um, they can write me. They can go to my. Uh, I don't have an election website. But the Dream Commissioner's Office has a website. It does not promote one candidate over another, period. There's, it's not a political website. But it does list a lot of information on everything that we've done the last 20 years, um, on everything that we've worked on the last 20 years. So they can also go there, but it's not a political site. I don't, I don't, uh, don't do that. But I personally don't have a uh, website for my campaign well jeff thanks for uh spending this time with uh with me this morning and uh as always it's uh it's good talking with you you too sir keep All in right. touch best of luck Bye-bye. and with that Bye-bye. we'll have more of the tom sumner program <laughs>
This is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual playdates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. 
Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I'll tell you a story about my boss, Sheldon Leonard. Sheldon Leonard, uh, this is a a true story. Sheldon Leonard is a man that hired me for iSpy. He brought me up to his office. He said, I want you to be a spy. I said, okay. So we signed a contract and the series was on, was a hit. I don't complicate anything, man. So, uh, Sheldon was married a long time ago, probably before there was hair. <laughs> he's an old bugger. He's, a, he's really old, Duke. And uh, he took his wife on a honeymoon up to Niagara Falls, and this was when Niagara Falls was brand new. And they didn't even give you a raincoat or nothing, you know. He's, just stood there, you got wet, and you came down, you smiled at each other, you know. And he said, he tells this story. He said, it was very cold that day, but the following morning, the sun came out, and it shone brightly. And the temperature went up to 99. So I said to my bride, bride, why don't we take a little dip in the wonderful lake? And his bride looked at us, yes, shall. Yeah, they talk alike. <laughs> I believe we should. And he did. Went forth, put on his bathing suit, his beautiful body, which has since gone bad on him. <laughs> and he went stepping with his little 4'11 wife. Frankie's beautiful. She's just 4'11. She's built like regular little wife. And he went walking, got to the edge of the lake, and it was 99 out. And he said, my dear, I believe I shall take a plunge. That's the way they used to talk in the old days, you know. They, you had to tell your wife everything you were going to do, you know, even if she was standing there looking at you, you know. My dear, I believe I will walk to this board. Do it, do it. He said, are you with me? She said, yes, Sheldon, I'm with you. And he went up, and he hit the diving board. <laughs> And he did soar into the air, up, 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 forming a great swan dive. Yes. <laughs> now, we will pause a second, leave our hero stranded in the air. We'll hold him, don't worry about it, he won't drop, he's still up there. And we will say, he is about to plunge into a what? Lake. Uh-huh. And how do you get lake water? Well, usually what happens is the water runs down from the mountain. Yes, and how do you get it? Maybe the snow will melt. Right. Does it ever really get hot? No. 
And so he is about to dive into what? 12 degrees. <laughs> now we pick up our hero at the peak of his swan. And he is now descending and he's coming down and boosh, he hit the water. And immediately he said, my body turned into a giant goose pimple. And as I submerged, my eyes would not close because they too wanted to know what had hit them. My body began to drop into a ball. I touched bottom, thank goodness, and pushed up. And as my head broke through the water, I was facing my wife about 30 feet away from her. And she stood there smiling. And I said to myself, why should I tell her? So I gathered every inch, every muscle, and I smiled. And I said to her, come on in, dear. The water's fine. And she hit the board and made a great swan. And when she came down, the tips of her fingers touched the water. And she made one of the greatest hand walks across the lake any man has ever seen and stood on the other side and yelled great obscenities to me. So that's Sheldon Clay. Thank you. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Music from Flint's own Carl Glover, Flint City Cooler, Bill Cosby in the Comedy Spotlight. Before that, I want to say thanks as we wrap up today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program to my co-host, Andrea Sutton. She and I will be taking your calls tomorrow when we open the phone lines live at 9 at 810-339-8255. Plus, we'll have um, uh, Jeff Kerr from PETA and uh, Harry Glarickian a podcaster and author on Moneyball Medicine. Uh, I want to say thanks to all my guests on today's show, and there are a bunch. We had uh, candidates in the August primary, Dominique Clemens and Donald Wright, who were uh, both Democrats running for the 4th District uh, seat on the uh, county board. And then Gary Pepin from the 9th District, uh, Democrat running in the primary against Ann Edwards. I reached out to Ann Edwards. We never heard back from her. Um, but uh, if I should hear back from her, uh, we will uh, figure out a way to include her before the primary as well. also want to say thanks to the uh, candidates running in the primary. Democrats uh, for uh, Genesee County Drain Commissioner, the challenger Travis Wines, and the incumbent Jeff Wright. And, of course, thanks to uh, all of you for tuning in. I hope some of you will take the time uh, time out to call in and share what's on your mind tomorrow morning when we uh, kick off another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. In the meantime, good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.